This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello to the future. Huge, we're, we're time-traveling podcasters. Or, I suppose, later on today for us, but last week to the people listening. Well, would have been two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Yeah. Okay. This is we in will, the future. This is... In the future. Wow, it feels absolutely mm. amazing. Who knew we would have this technology here in the future? Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or even watching from. This hello to the future. Huge, we're, we're time traveling podcasters. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, this is Chain Wrestling almost live, not quite live, maybe half live. I don't really know how this, it works. This is Chain Wrestling NXT recorded in a four episode block. <laughs> With Mags and Sai, and a special guest who we will get to in a minute this via the wonderful people at Radio Techers. I am Sai, and joining me as normal is the Mr. Smooth and Slick to my Katie Vick, the Hurricane to my knee and back pain because I'm an old man, um, a podcaster whose Google search this week wasn't just TLC. It also included HLA, if you know what I'm talking about. If you know, you know. Uh, the podfather himself, Mr. Mags, how are we doing this week, my friend? Uh, yeah, I'm doing good in the future. Wow, it feels absolutely mm. amazing. Who knew we would have this technology here in the future? Uh, but yeah, uh, glad to be back with you, Sam. We've uh, we've got a special guest. This is a special non-canon episode. Uh, for context, we're recording because uh, Al will be aware when this episode drops, uh, we, we don't want to deprive our loyal uh, viewers of any content. So uh, me and Sa are uh, working extra hard this week to bring, well, to record two episodes. So uh, I'll make sure that there's no um, there's there's no days where you can't get your chain wrestling fix. Essentially, 
yeah and, uh, making sure you get your monday night chain wrestling goodness or your mm-hmm. podcast audio wonderfulness uh, that we we provide because we're fucking brilliant at this <laughs> maxi do you want to introduce our, our top class wonderful guest yes i certainly do uh this is uh, a guy who uh has really hit the the podcast world uh with basically hit the ground running is absolutely amazing teased him uh to come on uh, a couple of podcasts of, of man and he's definitely caught the bug and he's part of the amazing uh team over at uh the utt podcast absolutely essential listening really top draw yeah. stuff it's the one and only dan griffin dan sir how are you not too bad, thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. When the one I gave you on UTT was absolutely shit housing, Max. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, glad to well, be we're, on the We're a class episode. above. That's why we're a class above here. We don't bear don't, it Don't take much to be a class above me, mate. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> and uh, do you know what? I'm getting out there first. Have it. Oh, mm. nice bit of lovely chocolate. Right. Mm. And, and uh, mm. thanks for turning up, Dan. And uh, we'll speak to you very, very soon. <laughs> i love that mask uh yeah when we uh when uh, me and sal were were forming this episode we we only wanted one person to to fit this bill uh if we have to do this again obviously we'll have other guests on but yeah we wanted you to be our first guest because you you've been so massively supportive uh not not just in on twitter but on, on on your content as well and we really do appreciate it and you're a funny bloke. You you might actually bring some comedy to this very very serious show that we put on. Very professional, well, straight edge. As, um, <laughs> as you guys have benefited from, my life can just be an absolute joke, usually of my own making with the uh, the devil drink. So, so with this not being um, yeah, well, <laughs> nothing wrong with that, sir. So with this not being um, a, a typical episode, we haven't got um, um, a non-wrestling topic of the week. But uh, you actually picked the match that we're gonna we're gonna be watching today, or we're gonna be talking about today. Um, but you you went the the old chain wrestling route to putting a poll out, which I thought was a a really cool, unique uh, way of uh, of picking your match. Um, but. I, I wanted to ask about the other picks that you had before we get to the main match. I wanted to to ask about why these other picks kind of made the cut for you. Well, Sting versus Flair was one of the ones that I put out when you guys were looking for a particularly terrible match. And it performed so abysmally, I wanted to give it another run. Plus, I wanted to make you guys watch some, sh- watch some shit, if I'm really honest. Um, with uh, the, the other one was a Lance Storm uh, New Blood Rising. The, uh, the Canadian rules match. Uh, mm-hmm. That was in there because it, we've got to that point on UTT where we're around the sort of Lance Storm as the triple champion era. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to pop Rob, <laughs> my co-host <laughs> on UTT, because I know New Blood Rising is one of his favourite, and I've never actually watched that match sober. So oh, okay. <laughs> it, it's just got – it's utterly ridiculous. There's rule changes abound. You, you know, it's stuff like – it, instead of a three count, it's got to be a five count. When there's there's a standing, there's like a ten count, but then the first person to finish is all sort of mad bullshit. And then the final one was from World of Sport, and it was Les Kelly versus Leon Harris. And I wanted to watch that because it's absolutely incredible. It, Les Kelly was a comedy genius, and Leon Harris was just sort of his perfect foil. On the outside, it just looks like bumbling idiocy, but when you actually sort of sit down and take it in, it's just, it's like masterful psychology. They're really both talented in the ring. 
and you forget for a minute that you're watching two sort of slightly pudgy middle-aged <laughs> blokes pretending yeah. to have a fight. And you, I mean, let's count, let's count it was double hard, let's be fair. <laughs> but and, yeah, I just and, wanted to bring some world of sport. Yeah, and you're actually now watching three pudgy middle-aged blokes talking about the, <laughs> the match you actually picked. Um, hey, I'm uh, not middle-aged. My age starts with a three. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, the match that won was uh, TLC4. Um, the outstanding uh, multi-tag team ladder match. Um, what was your reasoning behind picking this match? And why was everybody, it Kane? <laughs> everybody <laughs> knew I was going to pick a Kane match for at least at least one of them. Um, but I didn't want to go the Kane and Undertaker route because you guys have had a lot of Undertaker matches mm. um, in recently. I didn't want to take something that was too too sort of niche you know, from, from his first IC title reign or anything like that. And because ultimately a lot of it wasn't that memorable. Mm-hmm. And then I just, rem- I just out of nowhere remembered that TLC4 existed. And I thought, what better way to just get something a bit mad, a bit violent. And uh, I, th- I believe it's the only time someone's gone into a tag team TLC uh, solo. So, so I yeah, thought it was a, a good watch. Yeah. So essentially, Simon's right. It is because. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing a mask. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's the tombstone. No. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Oh. Magsy, you little creative genius. You. And I was actually tempted to get a Kane Dingle uh, video, uh, but I think that's very niche for, yeah. for this podcast. So at least more people know Harry Kane. That's um, right. Uh, yeah. Dan, um, obviously, you know, anyone who, who interacts with you on Twitter or is your, your podcast and so on, and anyone who's just witnessed the last, I suppose, 90 seconds of this podcast understand how much of a big Kane fan you are. Um, talk us through that then before we get to the match itself, about why Kane resonates with you, why you're such a big fan of, of him. Well, it's a bit of a funny one because I first started watching wrestling because I saw Brett versus Bulldog in 92. I was about three. Um, saw that Brett was my first favourite wrestler. Mm-hmm. And then I've not really, from obviously being certain, I don't really have many wrestling memories up until we get to... 97 in Kane debuting and not to get sort of too far into the uh, the sob story but I was a bigger kid and I was quite tall for my age a little bit pudgy um, I'm bullied essentially all the way through primary school all the way through that but then seeing Kane who was you know just called a big freak and all the other <laughs> unsavoury uh, insults they threw around in the late yeah. 90s but then to see him just absolutely physically dominant our survey said... I'm assuming Dan was going to carry on there and say dominating his I opposition. I was going to say domineering. Domineering? Yeah. Uh, maybe so. Maybe, maybe so. Um, God, the internet sucks. It does. <laughs> um, I'm back. <laughs> You're back, sir. You're back so, now, mate. You're back now. Kane was very domineering. <laughs> yeah. Dominating. Um, Dominating. 
Dominoes. <laughs> Domino's. Yeah, so Kim Kim was playing Dominoes down my uh, down the local club um, when I went in with my granddad. Um, a pint of mine. He was yeah, half a pint. <laughs> he had a match that night. Uh, <laughs> it was just um, you know seeing this guy he was billed as a freak, just big you know a big nutcase, but he was you know so dominant and he had all the cool magic powers and going up against someone as as incredible as the Undertaker uh, just really resonated with me. So since then it's been. It's been Kane all the way for me. Mm. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Absolutely does, and he's one of the very best big men that's ever been in in the ring. So powerful, yet so agile, and mm. arguably one of the best characters. Um, I don't think there's been a character that that could have lasted as well as Kane if it wasn't played by uh, someone with the 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 skill set of Glenn Jacobs as well. Yeah, and again, you also as you look at the variety of characters he played before this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was a he was a dentist for crying out loud, yeah. you know. <laughs> and he was Diesel. He was Diesel, yeah. For a yeah, little he was, while, he was Diesel. Yeah, that's true. Oh man, that was a horrible, horrible time, wasn't it? It certainly was. Uh, we we covered it on UTT. We saw fake Diesel for one episode, yeah. and you know, like I said before, I love Kane and all that. And as I said on the podcast, it was like. So the one, the two main differences were that Kevin Nash looked considerably taller as Diesel, and Nash is one of those people I've put in the annoyingly handsome category. And mm-hmm. blessing Kane, Glenn Jacobs just isn't. Yeah, no. he, he does look like a melted candle. Mm. Yeah, that kind of face. <laughs> so I, the one that got me was that the guy who played. Oh, sadly, he passed away quite recently, I think, didn't he? But the guy who, Mister Bogner. Yeah, he he was fake razor i guess um and you look at scott hall scott hall to me I, i've said it on this show quite a few times in the past but scott hall to me is one of those guys that ticks virtually every box for how a pro wrestler should look mm-hmm. you know the, the body type the shape the build and you know everything the hair that he's a good looking fella the whole shebang and then you look at the guy who played fake razor and it was like <laughs> do you remember when when you were a kid and you used to want your WWF wrestling figures or whatever, and you buy them at Toys R Us and they were expensive or whatnot. But then if you didn't have the money for them, you'd buy the knockoff ones at the pound shop. Mm-hmm. And they were never quite never quite right, were they, facially or, or body-wise? That's what this looks like. He looks like if Scott Hall was, if proper razor was bought from Toys R Us, this guy was like hyper value or, or pound shop wrestling figure, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, like one of those one of those little kids who put like their action figures in a microwave for a few seconds just to see yes. what happened. Yeah, and then you so get like, fake well, can, <laughs> it, it looks like Razor Ramon, but mm. so much happened to it. It yeah. looked like a, a a Razor Ramon who had eaten another Razor Ramon just yeah. before. And, oh, Where of his abs oh, Just a bloke <laughs> who was wearing a Razor Ramon costume that he bought from Wish.com. Yeah. That, Xavier, that Woods. Razor Xavier Woods looks more like Razor Ramon than <laughs> fake Razor <laughs> Shout out to um, the, what we're doing over on um, a, a changing attitude. We're actually just approaching this uh, this uh, period now, and yeah, we've just seen fake Razor and Diesel attack um, attack Savio Vega backstage, which is a uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a brutal time to go through. But you get the roughness of uh, if somebody gave you a heel Jim Ross as well. That's a bad. Know, it's time, so isn't it? bad. It's so if somebody bad. gave me the option of eating a whisper or an arrow or watching fake razor in that era of WWF for the for like the rest of your life. That's the only wrestling you can watch. 
Which would you take? Oh, I'm, that you're you're an evil, evil man for putting that yes, out. Into but answer the question. <laughs> you know what I do? I would melt down the arrows or the whispers and drink them like a hot chocolate. Not allowed. <laughs> sounds, eat, it sounds delicious. I'd, you can't melt them down. There's no room in the microwave. That fake's got holes in there. <laughs> I'd eat the horrible, mm. horrible chocolate. <laughs> and, I'd, and I'd hate my laugh for it. <laughs> uh, before we go any further, fellas, if you don't mind, can I just put a little context into what we're planning on doing over the next week or so, Magsy, with, with regards to chain wrestling and, and so on? Okay. Um, obviously, last week, or I suppose later on today for us, but last week to the people listening, well, would have been two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. This is we in will, the future. This is, this is basically a a filling in whilst from we beyond are, uh, the grave <laughs> for a guy for a guy who does beyond a podcast about for a guy who does a podcast about a show involving leaps into the future and past you are now struggling with this side i got someone shouting about being dead over the other side here from beyond the grave when do we pass away that's not quite right <laughs> uh this is filling in for a week where we couldn't go live basically <laughs> so the options magsy and i would have chosen uh the previous week We'll continue into the week after this show. Um, the non-wrestling topic will be back. All I ask is that everyone just keeps an eye on the chain wrestling social medias for updates on what we're doing. And Magsy so well uh, explained earlier on, we didn't want to leave a Monday night without you seeing our beautiful, beautiful faces because I know how much you'd all sulk. So this is why we're doing, giving you this this sort of special one-off extra episode that steps out of the chain momentarily just to talk about a match that Dan, to be fair, put a lot of work into selecting, but more work in than I do for a show, I'll tell you that, by bringing up his own poll and so on. Um, next week, we'll be returning to our, our live format and continuing the, the chain as it was. So, yeah, there we go. So everyone just understands where, where we stand with that. Probably should have said that at the beginning of the episode rather than quarter of an hour in, but there we go. Yeah, what can yeah. you do? I love that you think <laughs> I put work into that. I put that poll up when I was sat on the toilet. <laughs> do you know what? How many times I do that myself? <laughs> so essentially, every, every one is, this, episode, <laughs> this episode is like the Star Wars holiday special. It's nothing to do with the main run. It's just something that you have to put up with until the one of the main runs comes out. Yeah, until Captain Kirk comes back from his holidays. Yeah. So <laughs> shall we shall we get into uh, to Dan's pick then? Yeah, talk a little wrestling, Magsy, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! I will oh. never grow tired of that. Are we going to see that virtually every week now, whenever Kane's mentioned? <laughs> even when he's not even involved. We're going to get done for, like, you know, Harry Kane's image rights or something, <laughs> aren't we? We're going to get sued by Spurs or Man City or wherever he ends up. And spat on. <laughs> and spat. Yeah. Just hope it's like I'd a, say just hope forward. Like a, just hope it's like a copyright dead. For <laughs> sake. I'm going to talk about copyright deadlocks and say hopefully the, the Premier League and the WWE are both trying to claim it and it just fucks them both over. But there's. Yeah, we're left, si- we're left side side through the middle. Through. <laughs> ah, yeah, great stuff. <laughs> so, Dan, seeing as it was uh, your selection that won the poll, <laughs> obviously. Um, I, I mean, he had a four in four chance. It was Yeah. Yeah, and he did well. Good odds. It, 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 you know, his selection winning the poll, really well done there. Uh, talk us through this 
the sort of concept of this raw roulette and 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 how we ended up with this match at the end of an episode of Raw. I mean, quite a big contest, quite an important contest, or a big stipulation on a random episode of Raw. It was, and I'll be honest, I started with the match and worked backwards. I forgot that any of this even happened um, because I've not watched it since it aired. Never been yeah, back to it on the network or anything. I didn't even remember. Like we spoke before, and I didn't remember at all this uh, this match. I mean, I, I remember the match, but I don't remember the, the context. And this is actually a really important episode of Raw with, with it mm. introducing Raw Roulette uh, and the kind of like the the stories that we end up leading to. So yeah, it was a, mm. a, a an astute picture. So yeah, um, the show emanated from Las Vegas, hence the roulette theme and the uh, the showgirls. Uh, you got GM Bischoff uh, right at the start. Gives us and he just you know spins the wheel. We get Booker T versus Big Show in a cage because why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just absolutely nuts. It gave us we got Triple H versus Dealer in a blindfold match, which um, was actually pretty good. I ended up watching most of this show, and we had Goldust versus Regal in a showgirl match where they had yeah, to Las Vegas showgirls. It, that that type of match is, is just tailor made for Regal. Mm-hmm. His facial expressions during the whole thing were awesome. Trying to um, walk in the heels as well as he's coming down. Oh, yeah. keeping, over, keeping, keeping one shoe on. Yeah. Taking oh, the other off. So good. And then, I don't know if you noticed, but as he was exiting the ring, he'd got rid of all his, you know, his headdress, his earrings, still had the uh, the outfit on, and but he was fully made up. And, you know, he normally does his little sneer. Yeah. As he exited the ring, he gave a little pout, like a really <laughs> disdainful, like half sneer, half pout, and it was just... Just spot on, just spot on. Yeah, um, so but one spin of the wheel gives us the um, the TLC, the TLC match, the main event. Um, by this point, I've, I'm going to go through Kane's background just briefly. Have you got 20 minutes or so for this? I'll go make a drink, <laughs> shall I? I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so going into this show, Kane's double champion. He won the IC title from Jericho the week before, and mm-hmm. uh, he and Hurricane won the tag titles from the Americans who were Christian and Landstorm uh, two weeks before this show. It's Kane's second IC title reign and his seventh tag title reign with his fourth partner, uh, having previously been uh, tag champs with Mankind X back and Undertaker. He's also embroiled in a match, uh, in a feud heading to No Mercy, where he's going to challenge as the IC champion for the World Heavyweight Championship held by Triple H. So you've got Triple H and Flair working to uh, to try and take him down. Um, so we get back to we get the wheel spin. Oh, dear, dear, dear. You pop from the TLC from the crowd, JR just quietly whispering, oh, my God. And Hurricane just <laughs> just very quietly in the, in the side just says, holy Mick Foley. Yeah, that was, that was brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> holy Mick Foley. And um. Uh, oh my, as Mick Foley said, uh, when it was oh, obviously TLC, oh my, tables had his chairs, oh my, oh my, wasn't it? Foley, you say, and, and Hurricane dropped that in there as well. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it really was. I absolutely loved it. And just I, like I said, I'd forgotten just how much of this was centered around the build of TLC, how much it was centered around um, particularly Kane. Let's get some Brazilian fart porn in there. Um, obviously, going into the uh, going into the baby. So you get Bischoff uh, a few segments later, so revealing the challenges. Who knows more about Chelsea than Christian Bubba Ray and Jeff Hardy? Because mm-hmm. this wasn't long after. I think it was a few months after the brand split, where a lot of the tag teams had been broken up because that's Vince's favourite thing to do every so often. Uh, You're breaking up a little bit there, Dan. I'm afraid, mate. What did you say there? Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. I uh, was just saying about um, Bischoff revealing the uh, 
the other three sort of team captains, if you like, who are going to select their, yeah. their partners. So you've got Christine Bubbery and Jeff Hardy. Bubbery Bischoff knows what he's asking them. Christine just flat out refuses to do it. Um, Bischoff threatens them with suspension, but then gives them the chance to uh, pick the partners. And just after that, Bischoff turns to the Las Vegas showgirls who are there every time he spins the wheel, and Goldust is there with one of the head with one of the head dresses on, just stood between them. That is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to give too much about like too much about the show away, but it was just it was bits like that that were absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so throughout the show, you get the three, the three other guys picking the team, uh, the partners. Christian sort of breaks away from the Un-Americans live on Raw. And Jericho interrupts saying the only TLC Christian hasn't won was the one that he did. So they decide to team up. But Ray goes to Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer, to be his partner, while Spikes sat right there. I mean, that's a real He's just form. right there. F you to your brother, isn't it? Yeah, you know I mean? and, <laughs> and he, he looks so dejected when yeah. uh, when his uh, his brother picks Tommy Dreamer. I think this was yeah. this was really really good. I mean, I, I I put the episode of Raw on literally to watch the, the match, but I ended up scanning when I saw it was Raw Roulette. I ended up scanning through the episode and catching different different moments and so on. And this bit with you know half of each team i guess and they're mm-hmm. trying to pick their partner or, or and each is a different segment throughout the show and it's all run it's like a running theme throughout the episode i thought it was really really clever because it kept us sort of intrigued and even watching it back all these years later it made me want to keep watching these segments to see where we went i didn't just skip through to the main event mm-hmm. and uh, and it, all, it also gives callbacks to the 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 genesis of tlc with uh, mm. the, the three teams that are involved and obviously we got to see a Trish Stratus match, so I was incredibly happy. So <laughs> we did. I actually skipped uh, past so, that one. Uh, Trish. I mean, you did tell I mentioned she follows me on Twitter. Does she really? Get rid of this screen, Mag, because I'm too yeah. jealous. Now you can clear them off. <laughs> <laughs> so the the last partnership that we we see is uh, Jeff Hardy's being asked by a uh, coach um, who his partner is going to be. And he uh, essentially just shouts, um, "Are you ready to do this?" Behind the into the into like the dressing room, and RVD comes out and he's like, "Tables, ladders, and chairs match." Of course, I'm in. Let's do it. So we, we've essentially got all our teams ready. Then um, coming to the essentially the the start of the match, and uh, we find out that um, the uh, Triple H and uh, Flair are beating up. Um, Kane's partner, the Hurricane, uh, one of the the tag team champions, Kane runs <laughs> forever down a corridor for, until uh, uh, Triple H and, and Flair. Well, and that dream. Yeah, essentially. I mean, he was told by a coach that you take your first left and then uh, your next right, and it took him about fifteen minutes to go and find uh, to find his partner getting beat up. When he set off, mind, for a bloke that size, I mean, what is Kane, 6'10", 6'11", 300 pounds, or whatever they bill him as? He showed a bit of pace at first, didn't he? He had a bit of zip to him over the first 10 yards. But then after that, he his was car, he his slowed down a little bit. Up on yeah. his it, up. it was almost like halfway down this long, long, long corridor. He thought, yeah, I, 
do I like him that much? You know, it's, it's almost like you slow down because I'm out of breath now, you know? And then about three quarters in, he thought, what am I carrying this, this freaking uh, intercontinental title for? And he just lobs mm. that up floor. Because he's preferred the original version, not the oval. Uh, as do I. He absolutely makes sense with that. Um, but yeah, he, he essentially uh, gets there just as Flair and, uh, and Triple H uh, uh, are being pulled away from, from Hurricane. Shouts, you son of a bitch. Uh, and then essentially we're getting into the match then. Mm. And Kate did cut an absolutely brilliant uh, baby face pro. Uh, just put on that as well. With his Canaanites. Canaanites, yeah. Oh, wow. I remember that. Wow. I started thinking then if he doesn't call them Canaanites, what does he refer to them as? Because uh, uh, you know, get people you know, like little stingers and all that, don't you? They were Hulkamaniacs. They have the baby faces have the names for their fans, some like little warriors as well, I guess, was the old Warriors one. And what could Kane call, call them? Little Caners. No, I was going to say Caners is the only other option. It's like you can't really say that, can you? That's a bit, you know, despite Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam being in the match as well, I suppose. <laughs> you can't really refer to it as that, can you? Do you know what I mean? Certainly can't. Um, so yeah, let's get into the match then. Um, so it's going to be Kane versus um, the world. <laughs> yeah, essentially in in uh, in a TLC match. And um, for me, TLC matches are they're essentially spot matches yeah. with with a bit of a kind of brawl, a mixture of brawling and spots. Um, but this one, going back and watching it, had so many amazing spots yeah so many unique spots um but yeah it, it starts as as a normal match would start with uh with uh brawling attempts to get to get the ladders quick quick wins but then we we quickly get into uh some some really cool spots um there's a point where i think bubba ray dudley uses the the ladder as a as a helicopter to just wipe everybody out i thought that uh, was a, a pretty cool spot can i add something to that max he's always interrupt no, it's actually, actually no, I'm not sorry at all. I say that every week. I don't really care. But, yeah. <laughs> um, if you notice, he's, he's in the ring on his own, mm-hmm. and there's no one around. They're all on the outside, like destroyed. He picks the and he, he's like not doing the whole standard wrestler and a ladder match thing where he's like really slowly climbing. He's he's full of energy. He grabs the ladder uh, and is looking around, and then pops it on his neck and waits for people to come in the ring. And Christian eventually does come in first. Why didn't he just set it up and go for the ladder? Go, go, go for the title, sorry. Yeah, that, um, to me, made no sense. And there was a few points like that in this whole match uh, mm. where you could see the wrestlers were working together. Uh, like They would put themselves into certain positions yeah. on like purpose. The, um, the frog splash and so on, yeah. Yeah, things like that. I mean, you have to do it. It's, uh, mm. this is, it's so hard to choreograph a match with seven people in uh, and then throw in the fact it's a tables, lads and chairs match. There has to be some sort of cohesion there. And you can see that where Jericho moves into positions and Bubba Ray Dudley moves into positions. Um, it's going to happen. You And us as kind of a elderly or not elderly, I suppose wizened wrestling fans, we spot this probably more than you would if we watched it live. I didn't. I suppose... To put that into context, you, you didn't, did you not? Like, for instance, no. when um, when Bubba Edel is crawling over to the corner to to uh, set up for um, Jeff Hardy, use him as a, a springboard for the for the leg drop in the corner. Oh, he's looking back, it, it just been, it just been biffed in the face. And actually, at that point, <laughs> by that point in the match, Bubba Dudley was genuinely concussed from the ball oh, okay. from, from uh, Chris yeah. Jericho. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know so that. You didn't know what he was doing. 
but I, I think there's a there's a, another point where I think it's Bob Ray Dudley uh, who um, basically moves into position so he could get frog splashed. I think it's Bob mm. Ray Dudley who gets frog yeah. splashed. Yeah. I was, I, was yeah. Just, I was completely enthralled in this, and I, I didn't notice any of that. No, sorry, sorry. I, I'm going to try and put this in, in a, a different side to this, different spin to this, I guess. Um, we know how Raw is now worked out and has been for, for, for years and years. Sometimes they don't know what they're doing an hour before the show. There's a very strong chance that this match was only decided upon that day. Well, this match was decided upon a couple of hours before the show. I mean, I don't know. I'm, Dan, you may know better than me. You may know this was decided upon days before, whatever. I don't know. But you look it at the TLC matches. When, uh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. <Keeping it> careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you look at, say, the, the TLC matches previously, the, the big ones, I guess, the, the one at SummerSlam and the one at WrestleMania 17 are the two that sort of stand out, I suppose. Mm-hmm. We knew weeks beforehand where we were going with that or at least they did anyway so they could have planned they could have worked things out and so on this may be again i could be completely wrong i don't know but this maybe was decided upon a very very short notice so the fact that they put together a match this good with that notice period potential notice period to me is, is it shows how professional and fantastic these guys are i guess you know and you're going to see little moments i suppose like that but this short notice for a match of this magnitude, I think fair play to everyone involved, really. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's certainly not... Go on. I don't think it it was um, put together sort of on on the fly or or at late notice, and purely because the lengthy sequence of of spots he gets. You know, you step up over here with the airplane, with the airplane spinning the ladder. That was in the midst of kind of cut RVD off the apron in the goozle. Then Jeff runs the rail to take Kane out. Bubba's got the with the airplane's been taken out Christian and Jericho, then Kane's back in to boot the ladder, knock Bubba down. Then RVD's on the top, hits the kick on Kane. RVD and Jeff clothesline Kane straight out the ring, take the cells with him. Then Jericho and Christian are faffing about with the ladder um, that's pointing out of the ring to the entranceway. They're messing it up, they can't quite get it. Then RVD flips off the top rope, levers the ladder straight into both the faces. Yeah, that, that was brilliant, wasn't it? If if that was called on the fly, then to size point, just fucking wow. <laughs> I'm not saying it was called in the ring. I'm not saying it was called at that moment. But, but, but yeah, they, short they, notice. You know, yeah, they they could have planned it amazing. a couple of hours beforehand, maybe. Is what, and that's maybe why there were certain spots that were slightly slightly less smooth than in the other TLC matches. I mean, you don't tend to notice people moving into position in say TLC two at WrestleMania 17 uh, as, as you may be doing this one. So and I'm, I'm assuming they had plenty of notice to work out what they were doing and maybe even practice that match somewhere before they took it to the ring. I'm assuming that this, this stunt show that was an absolutely fantastic watch. They maybe had a chance to run through what they wanted to do, but not anywhere near as much notice to sort of eradicate those tiny little details that magazine was pointing out. If, 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 that, if I make any sense at all there. Yeah, and and I didn't bring it up because it's um it's a, a downside to the match, not at all. No, no, no. The fact that, as as you pointed out, side the fact that they've had little to no time to really kind of plan or even practice this match, uh, for them to pull off this amazing yeah. match is it's absolutely outstanding. Uh, I mean, with the level of talent in this ring, it, you almost expect it to be as good as as it as it was, but. To have such little prep and still be able to do stuff like this, you you expect 
those little nuances that that you um, that they're kind of like almost booking on the fly, kind of like working with each other to get these spots in in place. I think it's a. Uh, I think everyone out of this match comes out looking absolutely amazing because of this. Mm. Apart from Christian, because his ring gear is dodgy as hell. Let's be oh, honest. yeah. That's, that it pants over the top of, a, oh. of the, the leotard is not good. Um, <laughs> I so don't yeah, know if any of you guys watch Impact, but that uh, Christian Cage sort of just recently had his first Impact title defence against Brian Myers. And Brian Myers was giving it the bollocks uh, pre-match, saying how he was the key, you know, he was the young kid last time they wrestled in a different company and all that. And the irony being that Christian there is dressing like Brian Myers now. Oh. It looks awful. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I've I'm, I'm never been a fan of the of the, the leotard-style wrestling gear. Unless you're Bret Hart, of course. That works. No. Just no, yeah, not even with that. <laughs> oh. I mean, I speaking, of, speaking of Bret Hart, he's, um, Spark Dudley actually paid a little bit of homage to Bret Hart when he... Uh, and he was thrown into the, the ladder and he just took that bad boy straight to the chest. Yes. No messing about. That was, I thought that was a, a really cool uh, little spot. But yeah, like I said, th- these kind of matches are spot heavy. Uh, and I've got like a, a list of a few of the amazing spots that, that are, that are uh, spotted. Uh, so if you guys want to jump in and, uh, and and chat along with me, there's, a, there's one where uh, Jeff Hardy does a, the leg drop from the top of the ladder through Kane, I thought that was uh, amazing. He actually sets up mm. two ladders, so I thought he was going to go for like the kind of almost like the the the, the springboard what he normally does, or like the mm. the leapfrog kind of thing. But still, an amazing spot. Um, then we see the the concussion shot uh, with Jericho hitting that uh, that uh, bulldog, which he, he, he essentially just plants um, Bubba Ray Dudley's face into the floor. And we get a couple of replays of it, uh, and it looks worse each time you see it because <laughs> because you literally just see him just slamming his head into the floor. Um, it's, how, um, yeah. it's nearly as bad as Royal Rumble 2000 when they kept showing Takamichi Noku. I think King actually says boink on commentary. It's like <laughs> that actually gave Taka, so I'm, I'm sure it gave him something like a bleed on the brain or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, like like you said, this is this essentially leaves Bubba Ray Dudley uh, concussed for the whole match. And I remember uh, listening to an interview of his, he said he can't remember this match at all because, mm-hmm. of, because of that concussion, which is... Uh, Pretty scary now we know more about CTE and, and head injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, just they didn't give a shit back in the in the early two no. thousands. Um, no. There was um, sorry, just to cut you off. There was a, a really nice bit um, sort of just between those two spots between the leg drop and the um, uh, and the concussion <laughs> the concussion spot as we'll call it. And it was um, Bubba was climbing the ladder and Jr was on commentary begging production not to go to commercial. Yes. <laughs> yes. Until it resolved, and I just thought that was just a great little touch. And I'll, I'll, I'm sure we'll mention it later, but JR did some of his best work in this match, calling it slow, uh, calling it solo. Yeah, I've got a note actually saying about how great. I mean, I, I do most weeks to be honest, because I'm a massive Jim Ross fan. But a note saying how great Jim Ross was here, and certain moments that were just added to by by him and what he was saying, which to me is the whole purpose of a, a good commentator. There's, mm-hmm. there's certain commentators through the years, I suppose, who take away from what you're watching with stuff they say or stuff they don't say. I think Jim Ross here is an example of when he gets it right, he is the best. He, he mm-hmm. There's no one who can top what he does, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
it, 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 I, I remember uh, listening to, to Jim Ross interview as well, where he's saying he was never told or he asked to never be told the results of matches or, or what's going to happen in matches so he can give his, his genuine reaction. And you can mm. tell in this match that his reaction was so genuine. He, he was like, it was almost like he was watching a car crash. Uh, and he was just giving live a live report of it. It's just yeah, he, this is when he was at his very very best. So another spot that I um, I really liked was the assisted coast to coast with uh, Jeff Hardy holding the ladder up yep. for for Rob Van Dam uh, straight into Kane's face. That looked absolutely brutal. Was um, it that that sort of rope came off until the finish? Then wasn't it? Because he was absent for quite a long period. Pretty you know? much, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Um, it was a, a nice little one just after this. It probably go under the radar, but it was just. I could say just. Christie was on the top, and Jeff threw him off, but the uh, onto a ladder. But the ladder was just slightly too far away, and you could see Christian had to sort of adjust in midair, and he only just made the rotation to get his back wow. onto the ladder. Yeah. It <laughs> very. It looked like it very nearly went wrong, and just looked yeah. all the more alley as a result. Well, there were there were a couple of spots what involved uh, uh, being pushed off a ladder. There was one with um, uh, Jericho, and I think it's Spark Dudley. So, uh, Jericho's climbing the ladder, and Spark's trying to hold on to him, and he's kicking Spark off like that that yapping little puppy. Uh, kicks him off a couple of times, and then Spark just lifts the bottom of the ladder, and Jericho. He he, he essentially goes over to the corner of the, yeah. the ring. He misses the whole of the ring barely catches the ropes and as I'm honest to goodness think if he did not nick that rope with his shoulder he would have just landed head first on the concrete outside mm. such a brutal looking spot it, it just it was the steps it was the steps that were getting me because that was the corner mm-hmm. where the ring yeah. steps were yeah. he, he must have missed him by that he missed it by yeah. Sparrow's dick yeah it was so it was so so gnarly um we see um Jeff suplexing uh, Bubba Ray off the ladder. I think that was just uh, coming before the the, the Jericho um, tip over the over the whole ring, um, and then uh, a, a cool spot which actually doesn't involve a ladder. It's uh, uh, Christian uh, doing the um, the reversal of the Dudley Dog, where he just essentially picks uh, Spark Dudley up and just lobs him through a table. Which despite <laughs> of the dog's abuse in this match, he certainly did. I mean, he did it. He did that in every match. That was yeah. Spark's job, essentially. Um, going back, there was one. There was a bit where Kane was trying to go up, and uh, Spike just grabbed his leg, pun- you know, tried to punch him in the stomach, and it, it's doing nothing. And he just goes to hit the ropes to get some more momentum, and Kane just, like, with one hand, just pushes the ladder, and it just goes wallop straight into Spike's face and just takes him out. Yeah, everything just looks so much more brutal happening to Spike. Mm. So then we see uh, Bubba Ray Dudley and Christian going up the ladders, and. Uh, again, this is another spot where I, I could sense that the the two were working together, but it did, it just did not take away from my enjoyment of it. Um, essentially, Bubba Ray uh, grabs Christian and gives him a Bubba bomb from the top of the ladder. Oh, and, I love the Bubba bomb; it's so it looks so brutal. I mean, it? Fr- from the top of the ladder, though, can you imagine just landing arse first on the ring? Or and then that's it, it, it made my it made my ring piece feel so twenty years later. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, this is this shows how well these these guys work together because Rob Van Dam follows that up pretty much straight away with a with a frog splash, which is absolutely uh, stunning work, really well uh, timed, brilliant uh, wrestling by everyone involved. Yeah, totally, I agree. It's so, so many, and they're not actually going on from that from the frog splash. Um, sorry, Jeff 
misses a swanton on Bubba. Mm-hmm. Bubba backdrops Jeff over the top rope through another ringside table. RVD then hits the, the Van Daminator on Bubba. Yeah. It's just, yeah. again, that a sequence of spots. It's just nuts. Yeah, so th- that's that's when we end up kind of like leading towards the end. Uh, we see um, RVD and Jericho going for the title, and we see an amazing uh, Wars of Jericho from the, the 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 top of the ladder. Doesn't hold on to it for too long. He got he got what he needed to. He got the the look of the spot out. But when RV, when uh, Jericho kind of pushes RVD, uh, essentially pushes his legs over his head. RVD's head is actually in one of the rungs of the ladder. And then RVD's like flips over and again, uh, uh, such a, a fine margin that that's breaking his neck. If he don't pull out yeah. his head just in time, that's absolutely breaking his neck. Absolutely just scary stuff watching that. And then the, the end comes when we see uh, uh, Kane and Jericho battling uh, for, for, for the title, for the, to grab the titles. Uh, Jericho gets a choke slam. Kane hits the floor, sits up, uh, climbs the ladders, grabs the belts, and again we see Jericho kind of um, wiggle his way into position. I think the the ladder bar then was uh, was pretty weak. Uh, I think it had actually been uh, buckled by uh, a Jeff Hardy move pretty earlier on uh, when when they were doing backdrops and stuff like that onto onto the ladder. Um, so Jericho, uh, the the professional that he is, he actually props the the bottom of the ladder up with his feet to make sure that the ladder doesn't essentially collapse underneath Kane. Uh, Kane grabs the titles, uh, and yeah, what a great moment! And then, <laughs> the, no, that's it. No, no, nothing else happened after that. That's Twenty-two <laughs> minutes and six seconds of fantastic spot fest, mm-hmm. TLC insanity, and I don't, we we don't need to talk about anything else. We don't I get think, the IC I title retired. We, I think we, we should <laughs> touch. No, no, I don't want to go that far. You know, I, I just wanted to touch on uh, the promo from uh, from. Please Triple don't H use the word phrase touch on in this about this promo and what it alludes to. Well, it alludes to one of the most uh, intricate, uh, detailed um, storylines that we've ever had in in WWE history. We uh, we find out that Kane is a murderer, and that he murdered somebody called Katie Vick. Now, you go and research this all you want. I've certainly done an episode of it on Badlands uh, about Katie Vick's merchandise. Uh, that could be one to look up in the in the archives with her being three-legged and having uh, <laughs> having one foot way, way bigger than the other. Yeah. Uh, definitely look into that. Uh, but, yeah, what a great pick, Dan. An amazing match. Uh, absolutely outstanding. I really enjoyed watching this back. Yeah, I did too. I, I, I'm really glad that, first of all, we have we have something to fill in the Monday night that could potentially have been chain wrestling less. Um, and secondly, it's it's the fact that we're watching something that I enjoyed and not some absolute charge that I thought you might stitch us up with, Dan, to be fair. so <laughs> Victory, Tim. That's it. That's it. Um, I suppose we want to give it a rating out of 10 like we normally do, Magsy. Absolutely. Um, do you want to go first as normal, my friend? No, I think we should break the norm since this is a special episode for 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 our, our viewers. Dan, what would you rate this out of ten? Seventeen. 
<laughs> no, um, just for me, watching this back, like I said, it's the first time watching it back since it's aired, it was just a wonderful ball of chaos, this match. We've, as Mag said in the rundown and we ch- chimed in on it, was just full of incredible spots, but everybody got a chance to shine. Nobody came out of it looking weak. It was all part of Kane's monster push because they needed someone to fill the gap at no mercy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they decided to strap Kane um, with as many as possible. Kane was obviously, you know, still hot from the invasion angle and from t- the 2001 Rumble. Um, so Kane, Kane comes out as a sole victory. It just adds to his threat for Triple H's championship. It's a shame that it led to the Katie Vick storyline. But if we stick to the action in the ring, as you as you guys always do on chain wrestling, it was that. It was just all action. Just, mm. just sequence of spots, sequence of spots, but it gave you enough time to catch your breath. And Kane won. So I can't really give it anything less than a 9 out of 10. Why? Wow, okay. Interesting. In my in- incredibly biased opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was that particularly biased. I mean, I'll I'll go in, into my rating um, for how entertaining this was, for how little time they got to put together this match. I think every single wrestler in this uh, was amazing. They really kind of uh, uh, turned the notch up. We got brilliant spots. Like Dan said, they were, give you those moments where you uh, you could uh, process what had happened and you had time to breathe. It flowed really well as a match. Um, there were uh, times when you thought pretty much every one of them could have won. It was a, a really well-done match. Uh, and even with the the, the kind of uh, seeing the inner workings of how a wrestling match goes on, um, I don't think it detracts at all from this match. Um it's certainly not uh, a technical masterpiece, but uh, if you're looking for uh, a very spot-heavy, entertaining match, you can't go much, much more wrong than this. So I'm happy to echo Dan's statements and give it an arm. Why? I'm um, honestly, I'm stunned. This is getting so high. I really am. Because you're going to give it a full <laughs> No, no, I'm not saying. I, I really enjoyed it, and, and there were, like as you both said, there were so many moments that you look at, and <laughs> there was always something happening, and there was it, it, there wasn't like a. A, you, you get, I suppose, I don't know the correct term, maybe like a, a rest period or, or, or a moment where everything kind of pauses for a second in a lot of these multi-person matches. This one wasn't the case. There was always something going on. There was always moving parts. There was always one spot into the next, into the next, into the next. Brilliant stuff. Um, but I've got to look at what I've kind of given other matches as well. No, you um, don't. This is non-canon. Oh, okay. Like, I'll give 10 then. <laughs> <laughs> Now, see, I, I, I've got to go a little, a, a touch long, give it an eight. Um, which again is, if you go back through chain wrestling and look at what I rate certain matches, you'll see if I'm giving something an eight, I do really, really appreciate how good it is. I think I'm a bit, I, even though the average ratings you're, you're across the whole, well, like, potentially, the average ratings kind of work out roughly level between me and Magsy. I do tend to be a little bit more, um, I suppose, reserved with, with regards to giving ratings out but the fact that I give it like, well yeah potentially yeah potentially yeah I mean Austin McMahon for me from 99 was was a seven and a half um this was better than that I enjoyed this more than that um but Terry Funk versus Ric Flair from Clash of the Champions 9 I gave an eight and a half so I think in between those two for me an eight I, I think fair enough but that doesn't mean I'm taking anything away from the match I really really enjoyed going back and watch I enjoyed watching this whole episode of Raw I enjoyed the Raw Roulette. 
I enjoyed the Bischoff character. I enjoyed Goldust. I enjoyed Regal. And this match to finish the show, fantastic. And obviously, you know, it's me. I enjoyed Trish Stratus, so. I've, uh, I've actually petitioned Rob to uh, do a special on this episode for UTT. Um, after we're done with the with the Monday Night uh, War Run, we'll be looking yeah. for ways to carry it on. Um, and I want Rob to watch this because, like yeah, I said, I watched it. I watched it sort of piecemeal. Um, and yeah, I'd love to do it. But I think this this match, it's if like you say, if you're after sort of pure wrestling, it's not for you. But this is. It's one of those matches where it's, it's entertaining, and as long as I'm entertained, it's a good wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally agree. So before we get to uh, the uh, the socials and 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 let's get out of here, I just want to run an advert for uh, for an upcoming project here on Radio Techers. Cream soda. <laughs> nice. You, do you like cream soda? Yeah. You're you're a delinquent, as far as I'm concerned. I love cream soda, mate, but it's got to be the cheap one pound shit. The good stuff's too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense in itself. Cream soda's rank. I don't know. It's like it's not lemonade, flavor, isn't it? That's all it is. Uh, no, I d- see now I like vanilla, but I don't like f- cream soda. It's rank. Well, then you're the f- delinquent <laughs> idiot. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's the waiting room crew. I cannot wait for that. That sounds like it's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, we're having a we're having a great time recording it, and we're very very close to finishing season one of Quantum Leap, which will basically work out to be season one of the waiting room. Um, then we'll have one or two weeks off as a quick break before we get into season two. Um, we, me and Benny, we've had a great time. I got to say, well done to Benny as well, and, and thank you very much because he is the one who is behind all these clever graphics and the talking little men you saw there that's supposed to be me and him. Um, he's done me a, a world of uh, a favourable image there, hasn't he? I know there's no grey hairs. Generous. on my, Yeah, and there's no grey hairs on my belly's trim. So thank you very much, Benny. I appreciate that. But, um, and you're wearing the biggest glasses known to man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, the, you know, the 8-bit Quantum Leap music and everything about yeah. it is all down to Benny. He's, he's a really talented guy. Um, he does his own live streaming show shortly before chain wrestling goes on air i think he's on around seven half seven look out for benny um at benny mac gaming that's b-e-triple-n-y uh gaming on facebook twitter twitch and all that good stuff look out for benny give him a follow check out his content it's it varies between wrestling gaming just general chats you know topic of the day and so on really really talented guy and i don't think he gets anywhere near as much support or attention as he should for someone as talented and ideas driven as he is. Uh, and the, and the quantum leap podcast, the waiting room will show that when we, when we get into releasing it very, very soon, you'll see how great this guy is. And I feel very fortunate to be working with him um, on a show about a show I adored when I was a kid. So yeah, I hope everyone enjoys it when the waiting room comes out soon. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm. I know I'm waiting with bare breath, and usually with uh with Tekka's content, I've I've kind of had like a sneak peek of it, but I've had nothing of this one. So I'm going to be watching along just like everybody else is. So yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, it is all on, okay. on socials as well. Um, you can search the waiting room on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and um, I think the the Twitter is at waiting room underscore. The same on Instagram. The Facebook is slightly different, but if you just type in the waiting room podcast, it'll come up. So mm-hmm. check it all. A follow, get involved, have a look on there. Um, you can also find it. It'll be retweeted on my 
social medias and on the radio techers stuff as well so yeah check it a follow hopefully it'll be with you very very soon yep so let's get on out of here simon yes indeed um you can find well i suppose we want to run for everyone's socials first don't we uh dan as, as our glorious guest today thank you so so much for joining us and uh, providing us with a match to look at stepping out of the chain i guess for the first time in the show's well, relatively short history, I suppose. 40 episodes, 41 episodes. Break in the chain. Oh, I've, no. proven, I've proven Fleetwood Mac wrong. You can break the chain. <laughs> Stepping <laughs> away, not breaking. We're going to come back. It's fine. <laughs> sort of deviating a little bit side to side. Um, can you let everybody know that is watching, listening, or whatever, where they can find your good self online, where they can find the UTT podcast online, and, and any other details you want to hand out, my friend? You can find me on Twitter at DanGriffin21. It should be down there, but I have got shit for brains and forgot to put it in my name when we were setting up the recording. Uh, so it's not there, but you can find me at DanGriffin21. I'm usually tweeting wrestling that's about six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. Uh, you can find me on the UTT podcast. That's Unbooking the Territory. Uh, on all good podcast platforms, just search Unbooking the Territory and follow it at UTT Podcast. Uh, you can also find that show on that 90s wrestling podcast feed, uh, which you can find on Twitter at 90s wrestling pod and just search that 90s wrestling podcast on any and all Twitter platforms and on YouTube. And it is well worth a listen. I know um, I've been a guest on an episode and I've actually been on a few times. And uh, it's a really interesting format, the way the way you're sort of working through old episodes of Nitro and Raw and sort of jumping around in the timeline a little bit and looking at good episodes, bad episodes, and it's always entertaining. It always it always tickles me, it makes me laugh. Okay. That is all that is all Rob. I just turn <laughs> up and get pissed. So well. so Dan is the Dan is the mags of his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there we go. Magsy, where can people find you, bud? Yeah, so again, I'm going to uh, echo Simon's statement. Um, amazing that you were able to help us out with this, Dan. Uh, really do appreciate it. Great pick. And uh, I always love creating uh, content with you from our times with uh, Badlands, the time I've been on uh, UTT, <laughs> and our monthly uh, dalliances with WWE pay-per-views on, on that 90s uh, wrestling podcast. It's always a great time. So, yeah, I really do appreciate uh, you taking the time to join us here. Um, for me, you can follow me on uh, the social meters down here at Podfather Mags, uh, where I am involved in way too much content than any one human being should be involved in, but I absolutely love all the stuff very dearly. Uh, all over here, Radio Techers, with uh, Five Rounds, with uh, Chain Wrestling, with uh, the, the Football Watch-Alongs and, and uh, Rapid Reviews. But you can also find me on uh, Visionaries Global Media, and you can find me on, on the Chair Shot as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. Wherever you heard a podcast or thought about a podcast or dreamed about a podcast, I've been on that podcast. <laughs> oh yes indeed you can't escape ah, you can even in your sleep <laughs> what a hideous horrible scary thought that is um <laughs> you can find me at sjp words and you can find the show at chain underscore wrestling on facebook instagram and twitter um as mentioned earlier on the show, keep an eye out on the show's social medias for what we're doing coming up when we step back into the chain, 
for want of a better term, I guess, with regards to our non-wrestling topics, the matches that are coming up, the polls, and so on. Um, Dan, thank you again so, so much for joining us. Thank you again for this brilliant match for us to watch back. Um, everyone go listen to UTT Podcast. It is bloody brilliant. Well worth it. Seek out Radio Techers. Chuck it a follow. Subscribe on the YouTube and so on as well. And we look forward to being back live with you all very, very soon. I am off now to try and figure out what exactly whereabouts we are in our timeline with regards to yesterday, tomorrow, this evening, next week. Um, at chain underscore wrestling on the social medias. Um, I guess we'll see you all next week or yesterday or tomorrow. I don't know, don't know what we're doing. Wow. <laughs> That's gotta be. That's gotta be.